Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. And I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, who is going to be talking about professional wrestling for a little while this evening, uh, right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I'm thanking everyone who are here live. Yes, live. I did say that live right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Do you want me to say it again? I'll say it again. Live right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes because that's what we do here at the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern sharp, I record this live for the whole world to see. And while I don't expect the whole world to see it, I do uh, I, in fact, I don't expect anyone to see this, but it's always nice to see people jumping in, making a, making this a part of their Thursday evening routine, such as our boy Tim Traver. How you doing, Tim? Thomas Gorys is here as well. Hello, Kelly Toynhes. Ah, oh, Jesus. Kelly, it's good to see you. Thank you for being here. Robert Larry is in the house as well. Patrick Mason, Pat. How you doing? Who else have we got here? Who else have we got? We got DGMC who is here as well. Uh, 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 Trinity Clark. How you doing, Trinity? Alonzo Smith is here as well. Bruhavan Khan. Good to see you as well. Look at that. Ben. Oh, ben has arrived. He's in the house. Carlos is here as well. JPQ from the No Particular Angle podcast. My goodness, is it is it my birthday? He's here tonight, good to see you, JPQ. Mark Forbes is here as well. There's a packed house, look at that. Nikki is here too. Oh, I, I, William Davis, how you doing? Welcome to the chat. Dale Campbell, uh, my good, Anakin JMT is here. Look, I mean, I could, the round one, 24. The right, Nick Wolf as well. <sighs> Tony Wiegand, I see you. I'm already out of breath. I can't do this anymore. Oh, yeah. I just, I can't. I. Uh... Oh, Kristen is here as well. Mm, Kristen, hello. <laughs> oh, God, thank you all, honestly, so very much for being here. We got a big, big house tonight. Ooh, Babaruski is here. The Venus is back. I, I'm kind of thinking that we're, uh, seems to be like we're beating a, a, a concurrent viewer record right now. I'll, I'll, I'll check the stats later. Stats aren't important. What is important is that all you folks are here and I am truly appreciative of that. Thank you all very much for being here, uh, for listening to the Mr. Warren Hayes show. And hey, if you already like it, if you maybe you've heard your name and you're like, hey, Hey, Warren said my name. That's pretty cool. Well, give me a thumbs up here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That kind of stuff is always awesome. Daniel Price, how you doing? And you can also uh, show some love on uh, on uh, what if you're listening to the Mr. Warren Hayes show as a podcast because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is available on all pad podcast uh, for platforms and formats as well. Uh, so, uh, show some love there with a review, a follow, a like, whatever it is, uh, that, that stuff helps out a great deal. And maybe you're even listening to this on the smart to death, uh, podcast network. And that's really cool. Smart to death radio. And that's really cool because we do have, uh, I join, I am, I am, I, I am surrounded by a constellation of fantastic podcasts and podcasters there as well. Like JPQ of the no particular oh, angle yeah. podcast, like the smart to death podcast, like Queens court. Queen of any and Mags, who has like a million podcasts. He's got, I think he's, well, a million is exaggerating. I think he has 13 of them. 
Uh, again, I'm also very much exaggerated. But uh, who's got uh, why we watch Badlands? Uh, th go check it out. That's very cool there as well. Um, and another thing that's really cool as well that you can check out is after the Mr. Warren Hayes show over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do a post stream for patrons only. We sit around. We talk wrestling. Hey, last week, the stream went completely off the rails. We did talk wrestling, but we talked a lot about the PS5 too. It's very, very cool. We talk a lot, very interactive. It's a fun time. And it's a good way to show support for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show as well. So if you want to subscribe, patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes at the $5 tier, you get to join into the post stream. And that is fantastic. Um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Oh, and another way to show support for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show is by joining this channel here. If you go to youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, there's a join button there where you can become a member of the channel and you will get access to a wide variety of exclusive, exclusive uh, uh, emojis that you can use here when you come in live. So if you're a live viewer and you just want to help out a little bit, that's a great way to do it. And it's a nice little return. You get the Goldberg emoji, amongst others. If you really want to use a Goldberg emoji, that's up to you. Or you could also leave us a super chat uh, as Ooh, well. Yeah. And if you leave a super chat, so just like Tim Traver just did, I will read it live and on the air. And Tim says, Warren, since you're getting your hair cut, I'm... Uh, I'm going to be the only person with long hair. I'm going to make sure I carry my long hair a long way. Fantastic. I mean, all the more power to you. Uh, this is clearly my containment hair. Uh, long story short, I was supposed to get it cut for tonight, but I had to reschedule, or at least my 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 uh, hair's just so that the salon had to had to uh, push back our meeting. So. If all goes well, by the next stream, next Thursday, Mr. Warren Hayes doesn't have the hockey hair anymore. And uh, to me, it's going to be a good thing because it's getting hard to manage. Anakin JMT left a super chat as well. says, by the way, if God forbids Warren, if God forbid Warren this and your post streams goes to midnight and I will bounce to play Last of Us, fair warning. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not going. We're not going all, all the way to midnight. Your boy needs sleep sometimes, and he has to hang out with his fiance too. There's a whole bunch of things that <laughs> that just has to happen. Um, and Anakin JMT says, "Guess we know who's winning that cruiserweight championship unification match now." <sighs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm I'm sure if you're hanging around Twitter or any type of uh, any oh, type yeah. of social media right now. You, you know what's going on. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers are coming out with uh, stories of abuse from other wrestlers, other people in the industry, and it's flooding everywhere. It's very, very overwhelming. But there's also something very cathartic about it uh, for those who are involved. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pontificate for you and tell you that you should feel this, you should feel that, or 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 or, or demonize anyone. Everything is extremely raw. Everything, everyone is extremely passionate right now. Um, all I can tell you is what I'm doing right now. I am reading the tweets. I'm reading the statements. I'm listening to what these victims of abuse have to say. And that is really the best thing we can do at this stage right now. Because that's ultimately what they want. They want to be listened to. They need to be heard and that's what we should be doing right now. Not reacting. Listening does not equate to responding. You don't need to give an answer. You don't need to give your opinion. 
just need to listen. And that's really the best that we can do right now. Um, on that same note, tomorrow, Kristen Ashley, of course, of belltobells.com for all your f- women's wrestling needs uh, and, and, and coverage and news. She's going to be, not tomorrow, excuse me, on Friday, she'll be on uh, Post Wrestling along with uh, John Pollock and uh, Y Ting. And she uh, she's going to be talking about what's happening right now, everything that came out of the David Starr apology, uh, the David Starr apology and the fallout. But she will also be talking about her, uh, her, uh, her new project, her new plan to create the Association of Women in Wrestling, which is an association that will provide resources, education, professional development, and a network for women who are in wrestling media or want to be. So she'll be talking about all of that. That's going to be Friday on Post Wrestling with uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting, your girl Kristen Ashley. Be sure to check it out because uh, there's going to be a lot of good stuff that is going to be uh, pronounced there. It's pronounced Wei Ting. How did I, did I say Wei Ting? I knew it was Wei Ting. I'm an idiot. Uh, just as simple as that. I'm an idiot. I'm going to take it under me. Uh, JPQ from the No Particular Angle podcast left a super chat and says, press F if you want to see Warren do the Kylie Ray hands under the chin pose and smile. Ah, there's quite a bit of Fs, aren't there? Oh, boy. Hope y'all clipped it, you motherfuckers. All right, it's time for the weekly wrestling, <laughs> weekly wrestling inspection. We're going to, it's going to be a long weekly wrestling inspection tonight. Um, uh, There's going to be, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in the wild world of wrestling, uh, in events and shows and matches that happened. Not going to lie. I'm really looking forward to be talking about some new Japan cup, but we're going to go through all sorts. We're going to go through the stuff. We're going to go through the ringer, but the inspection is going to be a little extra long tonight. Hang on, hang on to your hats, folks. To begin with, we are going to head back to um, we're going to head back to SmackDown before getting into Backlash and giving you my final thoughts on the pay per view. We're going to head into back to uh, to last Friday, and uh, we're going to get some some hot trash going straight off the bat, and it's going to be about the urine test. Um, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, go off again uh, on, um, I'm not going to go off again on everything that I feel is wrong with the Jeff, <coughs> the Jeff Hardy angle. Uh, y'all listen to me. You know what, what I'm about. You know where I go with this. So trust me, I'm not going to go back down this, this road, but I am going to put a spin on this. I'm going to, I'm going to twist this around. The question that I have, Viewers, listeners, did the P angle, did Jeff Hardy throwing P into Seamus' face get you more invested in their match on Sunday? Did that do it for you? Was this the moment where you were like, hot damn man, this is exactly what I needed to get me into the match. And I'm not here to sit, to sit in judgment of you. If, if, if you were like, hey, you know what? I liked it. And that's cool because you know what? Everything, everything is subjective. 
when it comes to art, when it comes to stuff like this, if you want to call this art, but when it comes to performance, let's put it that way, you know, stuff is, 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 is very, very objective. And I'm not going to sit in judgment of anyone or, or ridicule you if you did like it. But since you're here and you want to, obviously you kind of want to hear what I think about it. I don't see how anyone can really could look at this and say, yeah, this got me into it. Maybe you were already into it. Maybe just on name value alone, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, two super wrestlers that I really, really like. Maybe that was enough for you. Maybe the whole phony DUI thing, which I think is disgraceful, but maybe that, that was like, hey, you know what? Sheamus is a dastardly heel. This, I don't see how this got, how this sold you a ticket. I, I, I don't understand it. And I'd like, maybe at some point I'll run into someone who will be able to tell me why. But I don't see how this sold you a ticket to the match. I don't see how this helped you get excited about a pay-per-view. Because let's not forget, in the traditional sense, and of course, I'm talking traditional sense. In the traditional sense, your TV is supposed to your TV is supposed to promote your pay-per-view. And when you're a wrestling company, you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to put stuff on television that will get people excited to shell out money to see the big show. Of course, for a few years now, uh, you don't have to shell out money to watch W to watch WWE pay-per-views. At least not on an individual basis. You just subscribe to the network, and that's that. But I don't. Sometimes I kind of wish that WWE's pay-per-views were on the were still in the traditional model that they were like on the fight TV model where you you want to watch it, you buy it, you have to pay for it. Because I don't see how this would have helped in any way shape or form. I don't see how this gets anyone interested. This catered to an audience of one, folks. It really did. We know who this catered to. We know who found this outstanding and funny and great TV. We know who liked it. And by God, congratulations to all the the million dollar staff and the million dollar equipment and the million dollar uh, facilities that were put into motion to make this one guy laugh. Good job, everyone. Because when you look at it, when you take a step back, you take a step back, you, you don't, when you take a step back, this is exactly the kind of thing that a non-wrestling viewer will point at to us wrestling fans and say, that's the kind of shit you're into? That's, you like that kind of stuff? That's your wrestling thing? And you can be like, no, 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 I don't like it. Well, why do you watch it if you don't like it? And the right to ask that. This is the stuff that makes it embarrassing to be a professional wrestling fan. It really is. And the the last thing I want to bring up before we move. WWE, Bruce Pritchard especially, can't build a heel. He can't build a heel. And I want you to think back to all of this angle between Jeff Hardy and... Uh, and Sheamus, and I want you to think back from the moment that Sheamus started getting pissy at Michael Cole because Michael Cole was talking about the beloved Jeff Hart, retu- uh, Jeff Hart, Jeff Hardy returning 
to the piss angle this week. And I want you to substitute Bar uh, Seamus with Baron Corbin. And I want you to tell me if there is a big character difference between them both. Because they were both reacting and acting the same way. Same kind of lines, same type of smugness, everything from A to Z. Seamus is just another Baron Corbin because they can't build a proper heel. And yes, you heard me right. Baron Corbin is not a proper heel. That's the whole subtext here. Let's give ourselves some cool beans since we're talking about last Friday on SmackDown. We got to talk at least a little bit about the Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles match. One of the best matches WWE has put on this year. I loved Mr. Fretz. How you doing? Welcome to the chat, my friend. Um, the, um, and, and I think I saw, hang on a second. Yeah, J.K. Schwal is here as well. Good to see you. The, I, I adored in, the, uh, in this match here, how they were picking picking each other apart. AJ was using the arms. Brian was with the legs. And every move mattered here. There was nothing that was wasted. Everything felt important. Every move that was made felt important and served its purpose. Um, and what was really, really good... Um, what was really, really good here is that... One of the high spots, and I'll tell you why every move mattered here. One of the more important spots of the evening was the superplex. Was the back suplex, I should say. The super back suplex that Daniel Bryan tried to get onto AJ Styles. He puts AJ Styles up on the top turnbuckle, and it takes him three times. He gets tossed off twice before getting, before finally getting the, the move off and connecting it. And when it connected, I popped. I was like, my God. But then I, and then I took a step back and I'm like, I popped for a friggin' back suplex off a, a super back suplex. I popped for that. It wasn't like a reverse poison run into a destroyer. It was just a simple goddamn back, uh, back suplex from the second or third turnbuckle. But that's what you do when you're able to get two guys who can create a story, a little, the true form of wrestling storytelling in the ring with their moves, with, with, the, with their psychology. This is what you're able to accrue, what you're able to reach. Ooh, a, yeah. a move which is anywhere else, in any other circumstance, a transitional move, it suddenly becomes... Super important. Now, I don't want to start sit here and put on my Jim Cornette hat and become a, a wrestling traditionalist because you guys know better. I like change. I like progress. I don't mind how the business is evolving. But it is good to be reminded that sometimes the simplest stories can be told if they are told by people who know how to tell those goddamn stories. So sometimes, yeah. Sometimes there... I. I can't fault traditionalists for being like, oh, it's just flippy shit. They just pull out the moves. They don't know how to tell a proper story because you got, you. that's what you got on Friday. You got one of WWE's best matches of the year. And there wasn't even a, a Code Red or a Canadian Destroyer involved. There wasn't a table. There wasn't, it was good 
fantastic wrestling enveloped into some chef's kiss storytelling and psychology. It was such good stuff. Anakin JMT left us a super chat in regards to, to the match. It says, this match wasn't cool beans. What? It was ice cold water on a hot summer day. Such a refreshing change from normal WWE TV matches. Cheers, buddy. I can't, I can't say, I can't say the opposite. Won't even dare to say the opposite. Peter Davies, how you doing? Welcome uh, to the chat. All right, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, WWE Backlash then. Giving it the whole warm soda treatment because I wasn't that high on it. I, I don't think it was all that good. I don't think it was a good pay-per-view. I don't think it was a bad one either. I don't think we're going to remember it for anything outside the one match. You know, um, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley I thought was a good, strong match. I thought it was very well done by both guys involved. Uh, nothing to say. Uh, against that, I thought it was very, very good. Well, thank you, Mr. Fretz, who says for the super chat, who says it was a cold Canadian beer on a hot day. Sure, of course, that's a whole yes. All the cold analogies work. Bring them all on. Absolutely, vape, Ross, vape. Good to see you again. And Daniel Phillyful, how you doing? Welcome to the chat. Um, so. Uh, so that was that. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. That was a damn good match. That went above and beyond, I think, everyone's expectations. It was really good, but man, Jeff Hardy sold his ass off. Sheamus was the perfect guy to make, to was perfect, was a brute, was the perfect guy to beat the hell out of Jim, a uh, Jim. What am I, Ooh, why am I yeah. having such a hard time uh, talking about Jeff Hardy and you, you telling um uh, uh, See, I can't even do words. The point here is Sheamus and Jeff Hardy had a really, really good match. I thought it was a strong one. Uh, probably probably my second favorite of the night. I thought it was really good. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Miz and John Morrison is better off forgotten. And I think this is, this is the route that Braun Strowman's reign as... Universal Champion is taken. It's going to be the forgotten one. Asuka versus Nia Jax has a big thumbs down for me. What a shit finish. I don't know why they're... Why? Why are we protecting Nia Jax? 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 But here, let me say this. So, let me say this, though. Why are we protecting Nia Jax? But hear me out. Why are we protecting Nia Jax? Billy, uh, the the uh, the women's triple threat was uh, uh, had uh, of course Boston Hook Connection retaining their titles against um, the Iconics and Bliss Cross Applesauce. Anakin JMT left us a super chat saying that women's triple uh, team that the women's tag team triple threat Jesus Christ was awesome. The Jesus Christ was my ad lib, wasn't him? Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah, and I know a lot of people were really into it. I thought it was well wrestled. Uh, I thought Sasha sh shined. I thought Sasha was really good. Just like she was really, really good on NXT uh, last night. Um, I like it when Sasha's motivated because Sasha then reminds us um, reminds us that Sasha is uh, is fantastic. And can JMT left another super chat says, are you saying you have no more words? No, I have all the words. 
I have all the words. It's just sometimes they all want to come out at once. That's the problem. Um, the Viking Raiders and Street Profits stuff. Okay. So, I tweeted out. Okay. Hear me out. I tweeted out. And I'm and I'm going to lean into this. I'm, I didn't delete it. I didn't cower. It's still out there. I tweeted out. When this when the when the match was happening, this is stupid fun. That's what I said, and I tweeted that out at the moment where, objectively speaking, it was a really cool moment when I think it was Dawkins who speared Ivar through the glass door. You gotta admit, folks, that was that was pretty cool. Dale Campbell, how you doing? You gotta admit that was pretty wild. That was a cool spot. And that's when I tweeted, and I was like, ah, this is just stupid fun. I should have just waited, right? I should have just waited because I hadn't seen the ninjas yet. I hadn't seen Akira Tozawa becoming a, a stereotype and the dumpster shit, which I still, I, I, which I think it's supposed to be a Star Wars reference. It wasn't funny. It was, it was poorly produced. Uh, it was thrown together uh, stupidly. And again, WWE manages to not reward you as a viewer by doing flashbacks to other uh, Street Profits, Viking Raiders stuff um, so that we knew exactly what they were talking about. So they're not rewarding you for watching Raw again. Um, to me... This is one of the worst things WWE has ever done. When, when we're going to start talking about Bailey, This Is Your Life and Katie Vick, we're going to add this in there. It was bad. And I regret tweeting out that it was stupid fun. I should have waited till the end for, for complete final judgment. Nah, it was bad. It was bad, 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 bad. Um, and the worst part is that they doubled down on it on Monday, right? They doubled down on it on Monday, bring continuing and bringing back the ninjas and doing. I'm like, it's just really, really bad. Um, next, last but not least, about backlash. Of course, we're going to talk about Edge and Randy Orton. Was it uh? Was it as, was it, what, is it the greatest match of all time? No. Was it a fantastic WWE match? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say one of the best of the year. And here's where we're going to start getting into technical territory. Because um, there's a lot of people out there who are, uh, there are a lot of people out there who are annoyed by the fact that it was super edited and, you know, some people are saying it's not even a match. It's been, you know, it was all put together, heavily edited. Can you even call this a match? Not entirely wrong. You know, the, to me, it doesn't, it, it really didn't bother me. Uh, there were cuts, but I can't help but feel annoyed that WWE felt like they had to cinematic it up by redoing spots and not just letting Randy Orton and Edge 
two Hall of Fame careers, two legends, two guys who've been doing this for over 20 years, why they didn't feel like they could just let them do it? Apparently, they cut at some point because Randy Orton uh, was bleeding and they wanted to patch him up. Apparently, Randy Orton was screaming to Vince, let me bleed, let me bleed. Apparently, but they patched him up. Of course, the greatest travesty in this situation is that after one of the retakes, uh, one of the reshoots uh, for the RKO off the uh, top turnbuckle, um, Edge Taurus triceps. So that is, that's a travesty. That just goes to show that there was, there was no reason to edit it so heavily. Now, I can understand them wanting to he edit heavily um, the Boneyard match. Because it wasn't really that. It was a, It truly was a cinematic thing. You know, it was a fight. It was a movie fight, essentially, is what it was. Uh, the Firefly Funhouse match, of course. It, uh, I can't even argue it was a match. I can't even tell you it was a match. It was something in and about itself. There's just something absolutely insane about WWE not letting two of their biggest stars, two guys who have done this their entire lives, who who are passionate about what they do and who are ready, who were primed to put on a great match, why they just didn't do a live to tape like every other match? Why did they feel like they had to reshoot stuff or give, give us these crazy cuckoo camera angles? One of the appeals of professional wrestling is its live component. It's the, the unexpected, the... The stuff that can go wrong. That's one of the reasons why we we like it and that we marvel at how athletic and 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 skilled these men and women are because they're able to pull out pull off stuff without <laughs> killing themselves or injuring themselves and stuff. Where you're like, this is wow. What am I watching? That was super risky. That's part of the appeal. Of course, like I said, the edited part doesn't really bother me all that much because. The end result was fantastic. I've watched Lucha Underground. Lucha, I enjoyed Lucha Underground and man, those matches were more than heavily edited. They made Pentagon Zero look like a, like a good wrestler. <laughs> I, I'm exaggerating. But but the, it, let's put it this way. It did help Pentagon's career. Let's, let's just put it that way. Um, but... Uh, the the um, Lucha Underground was was a different approach to wrestling. This was a different approach to wrestling, and I can't help but think of parallels. Like when you listen to music, and you have you know that there's this type of band is really really this band here is a great studio band, but live they suck, and vice versa, or maybe not suck. They're not as good, and vice versa. Some bands are extraordinary live, but when they record, they can't quite capture the magic that they have when, when they're live. You know that there's bands like that. There's all sorts of different types of, 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 of performances uh, and, and, and ways for people to excel at it. I just don't know. I, I, I just don't know if I'm, if I'm into the idea of having two superstars like in the oxford dictionary sense not the wwe sense two superstars like orton and edge 
being told by WWE, hey, you know what? We're going to add some gimmicks in your match to make sure that everything that everything's cool. That's not a good show of confidence, and it's a little weird to me. Oh, and don't get me started on the, the crowd noise. The crowd noise is something that wrestlers work for. It's not something that you can plan. This isn't a studio audience. You're not recording... Uh, you're you're not recording a sitcom where sitcoms you laugh because the audience has been told this is where you have to laugh. So then you're you know you're supposed to laugh at home instead of letting the laugh come organically. It's the same thing here. That's bullshit, and it annoyed me straight off the bat. But anyway, I I still think it's one of the best matches WWE has in its pocket this year. It's a match of the year for me, regardless. Ben left us a super chat, says, next Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in a bladder match. That's a that's funny. I appreciate that joke. Uh, let's see. Let's keep it. By the way, chat, uh, I I've noticed that the that the on-screen chat right here, like that the one that's right next to my side, I I I can see that it's repeating. I don't know what's going on. But I see the glitch, but I'm not going to fix it now because I, first of all, I'm not quite sure what to do and I don't want to waste your good time. We'll get it fixed by next week. I apologize. At least the, the, the live YouTube chat is working fine, but I apologize. It is a little annoying. We'll get it done. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. Undispl the, the undisputed era, the undisputed era bringing... Roderick Strong to therapy because he got put into a trunk by Dexter Loomis was fantastic stuff. And I I can't, I can't, look, okay, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, because this happened last night on NXT, there, oh, yeah. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish are looking to bring back the old Roderick Strong because he's all freaked out because he sees Loomis all over the place and he's very, very frightened. So they decide to bring him to therapy. So they go to therapy and they're wearing their merchandise to therapy. Like I was saying, they're what a bunch of marks wearing their, 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 their own merchandise to therapy. And they sit down into, <laughs> into therapy to meet with the good Dr. Lyle Thurstenberg, who is in reality, Kyle O'Reilly with a big red beard. <laughs> And I had glasses pretending he's the doctor. It was all set up. It's Adam Cole and him, they tra they trade like looks. You know, it's like, this was all a setup to try and get Roderick Strong to overcome his fear of uh, and get back to himself. They do some Rorschach tests, which don't work out. And then they try to, they figure out that it's the trunk that's scaring him. They try to put him in the trunk and Roderick Strong just pulls a Forrest Gump and pew, flees. I thought this was real good stuff. I thought this was really, really, really good stuff. And I, all the guys seem to be enjoying this. And I, and I really, really like the Roderick Strong, Dexter Loomis angle. I think it's perfect. Roderick Strong is the perfect guy to be in this position with, with, uh, with striking, uh, strikingly frightening, uh, um, uh, strike strikingly frightening. Um, uh, Dexter Loomis. It's good, and the skit was good, and 
that was funny. Throwing piss on someone's not funny. This was funny because it all plays off of everyone's characters. It's good stuff. Evan Wright left a super chat, says Seamus versus Jeff Hardy. R. Kelly on the pole match. No, 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 no. I can, uh, JMT left a super chat as well. It says WWE actually paid attention. There's a super chat. <laughs> WWE actually paid attention. WrestleVotes just tweeted, Ziggler traded to Raw as part of Styles going to SmackDown. Hey, uh, we even heard uh, that uh, Mustafa Ali is supposed to be going to Raw. So if they lump all those guys together, you put Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali together in a trade for AJ Styles. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. And honestly, that's all we want. We just want this stuff to make sense. I want to say hello to One Fall Podcast. How you doing? Welcome to the chat and our boy Throwback. Don't forget to subscribe to Throwback's channel. He has his own wrestling discussion show every Ooh, Tuesday. Yeah. What's going on on Tuesdays? I don't know. Throwback show. That's what's going on. Throwback says, what a wicked crazy match. The tag titles for the women last night that showed that the women's tag titles should be more used. Crystal and I say hi, bud. Hey guys, but yeah, uh, last night that was indeed a very good tag match. We touched about it a little uh, earlier in the show, but Sasha Banks motivated Sasha Banks when she's into it, when she feels like it. Oh, she's so good at what she does. And, and you could tell that they enjoyed, they being Bailey and Sasha, they enjoyed working this pace of a match because the, the pace of the match was very, very good, was very, very well kept up i dug it a ton and it um and, and you could tell you could just really really tell that both these ladies were super into it tegan Knox and shotzi are fantastic we got a cattle mutilation for god's sake how could you not be how could you not like that tag match there was a cattle mutilation in there i want to say hello to soul soul Join the chat. How you doing? And NXT, by the way, another cool beans thing. I've been on warm soda for a while now. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm not paying attention to my own gimmick. NXT loading up the card for the next couple of weeks. We're getting a triple threat for the North American title next week. And in two weeks, a champion versus champion winner takes all title. My God. So next week, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, and uh, Finn Balor for the North American title two weeks after. So you get a nice buffer, a nice one week to get proper excited about it. And then you get champion versus champion. Winner take all. There's a lot of rumors going around that some people are moving up uh, moving up to the main roster. I don't know if these are part. this is part of the, uh, of the concept, but Jesus Christ. It's not hard, WWE, I find, to plan in advance, despite the fact of COVID. But if they're able to give us, if they're able to set some matches up like this, geez, I like getting anticipated. I like looking forward to matches. I like looking forward to what's going to happen on the cards next week. Then the week after that, if they can. I mean, next week on AEW, we're getting a, a Luchasaurus versus Wardlow in a Lumberjack match. And I'm not looking forward to that. I hate Lumberjack matches, but I'm sure some of you out there do. I, I despise Lumberjack matches. I think they're stupid. 
Evan Wright left us a super chat. Says, I'd like to donate my cool beans on top of your potential cool, cool beans for Britt Baker. She's the best female wrestler right now, character-wise. Again, cannot argue against that. You're absolutely correct, Evan Wright. Thank you again. Um, she showed it again last night. And, well, let's talk about it because I wanted to sort of slide into this. AEW announced two new sightings. Two new signings. First of all, Abaddon, who re-debuted last night. She had a match a few months ago against Hikaru Shida, if I'm not mistaken. It was on Dark. Um... And or and uh, and now she uh, she popped on the main roster to completely obliterate Anna Jay Anna Jay's totted debut as the wrestling Zatanna, but she came out on top. And then later on, it's tweeted out that she's been signed to AEW. Uh, and I mean, the AEW AEW women's division is still chock full of problems. You guys know know that I know that I talk about it whenever I have an opportunity. The problems just seem to pile on with um, with Chris Statlander and Britt Baker both being out, both cornerstones of the division. So they have to reload with women. They have no choice. Um, why not go this route? I mean, these are interesting women. I don't. Uh, the match that Anna Jay had with Ikaru Shida, she showed that she can go. Abaddon, I'm pretty sure she can as well. Last night wasn't much of a wasn't wasn't much of a thing, but I don't. I don't quite remember her match against uh, Sheeta. I don't like. I don't recall it. But uh, this is good stuff. I mean, it, it's it's good that they're bringing in more women. Britt Baker is fantastic. She has the character. She has the character development to be able to continue to be on TV and be entertaining like she was last night, despite being injured. She doesn't have to wrestle. But eventually, you do want her to come back. You do want her to wrestle. I think if they go the long, the long-term feud with her and Swole leading up to All Out, that's fantastic. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want a big secondary women's division feud? Why would it only have to be about the title? I, I'm, I, I'm here for this. I dig it so much. And Britt was so good last night in the dumpster and everything. I love how. Reba has she she was locating uh she was locating Britt Baker uh with her phone, right? She was like, oh, she's around here somewhere. As if Britt Baker said has an application where you're like, you have to install this on your phone so you can track me at any time so that when I tell you to come meet me, you don't have to tell me where are you. You can just open up the app and find me. I thought that was fantastic. It's just it's levels and levels and levels of of character of character work, just subtle things. She's so good. She's so incredibly good at what she does. The other big signing last night, of course, Ricky Starks, who came out for the uh, Cody Rhodes Challenge. That was a solid match. Ooh, yeah. That was a solid, solid. Yes, Evan Wright says in the super chat again. Thank you, Evan. You're fired. And she and and, and Reba goes. You mean I'm free? No, you're not free. No, no, you're high. You're rehired. You're rehired. Yeah, that was a great moment. Um, Ricky Starks. Uh, super solid match, and this, what a great way to introduce a new guy to the, to the show, not a big production, not the, uh, not with, uh, two weeks of announcements, just a surprise, and a super strong match, uh, and, uh, he was signed as well, apparently, uh, Tony Khan, uh, said on Twitter, I think it was responding to Dave Meltzer. I don't quite remember. 
saying, yeah, I I signed the guy last night after his match. We had brought him in. I looked, I saw what he did and I liked it. Had him sign a contract after. If so, by God, that's fantastic. And I'm really happy for Ricky Starks, uh, former NWA television champion and and former trainer for The Undertaker leading into WrestleMania 34. If you haven't heard that story, that's that's worth it. You should check that out. It's a good story. Um, Starks was in the, well, the newest incarnation of the NWA. I thought he stood out a lot from the pack uh, because of his body type, because of his style of charisma, because of the way he cut his promos, because of uh, his wrestling style as well. He just stood apart from everyone else, and I thought it was a great a, a, a great attribute for him. Uh, kind of like Caleb Conley in NWA as well. Um, and I thought that would get him places. He did become the uh, the NWA television champion after the tournament that they held. Um, defended it a couple of times. And, well, he's gone from NWA over to AEW. I can't... I, it's a good get. I think he's going to do very well in AEW. And I think it's kind of a loss for NWA. I think it sucks that they didn't hang on to him. But, hey, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? I want to say hello to Blaine. Good to see you, Blaine. All right, let's wrap this up. We'll wrap up the inspection talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. We got ourselves the New Japan Cup that's back. Baby! Oh! I mean, it's not... You don't know what you got till it's gone. Did you know that, folks? Did you did you realize that? Has, has that ever happened to you? Because that's exactly how I feel in regards to New Japan. Three months without New Japan, and my God, I was feeling it. We've got the New Japan Cup that started back... Started back... Last, um, this Monday, right? Well, not the New Japan Cup, but New Japan started this Monday with the Together Project. They had some six-man, eight-man ta- tag team matches there. I had a, a, an immediate review with uh, with uh, Anthony Suter of Smart to Death. Go check it out if you want to get a good grasp. But the, the Cup starts, the New Japan Cup. We're new, they had told us, no, the, the New Japan Cup is canceled this year, but they decided to bring it back. And it started this week. And I even had uh, a, 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 a the Blazer Bros with JPQ of the No Particular Angle podcast and Anthony. We did our whole bracketeering of the entire of the entire event. So if you want to check that out, if you want to check it out, it's over on the Smart to Death podcast. Um, John, Anthony, and myself. It's good. But I want to I want to talk about what happened this week in the first few matches. We've got the left side of the bracket that's all set up. All the matches are done. And, uh, and if you're not into New Japan, allow me to be your guide. Allow me to suggest what you should be watching because there's at least a couple of matches here that are very, very much worth it. Uh, as far as my bracketeering goes, I only got one... I only messed up once here, which is not bad for me. For me uh, which is really not bad for me. But um, Ooh, the, yeah. the matches that you should go back and check that Evan Wright says, I had a tear in my eye. I think I saw the old Hanma. Well, here, that's one of the matches. Let's talk about it straight off the bat. Uh, uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus uh, Tomaki Hanma. Hanma is a 
is a he's a what John and Anthony and I like to call him. He's a New Japan dad. He's one of the older wrestlers who's still active, not quite as nimble or mobile or strong or whatever as he, as he once was, but has legend status and helps helps put some new guys over. Uh, and Hanma, uh, kind of like uh, Hiromu Takahashi, uh, 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 suffered a uh, a broken neck that was considered career-ending, yet he came back. He suffered it, I, I want to say, I want to say 2016. I think that's right. He suffered it in 2016, and I think like two years later he was back. And that was a big deal because no one thought he'd wrestle again. And he broke his neck in the ring exactly like uh, Takahashi did. So you had these two guys basically with broken necks going at it. Now, anyone who's seen Hanma wrestle re recently knows, I mean, Hanma's, Hanma doesn't move. He has this, he, he's very stiff. He struggles a bit. He's uh, he's very stiff, not in the, ow, that hurts. Like, just like stiff, like a board kind of thing, you know? And, uh, and Takahashi's a junior heavyweight. He's uh, erratic, eccentric. He goes all over the place. A clash of styles that worked so, so well. This is a very fun match to watch. It had an especially good final third. I thought it really picked up. Hanma did some stuff that I didn't expect him to do. And he took some bumps where I'm like, dude, you had a career-ending neck injury. What the fuck are you doing? This was good. This was a this was a good good show, uh, a good good match uh, on uh, on the cup this year. Takahashi won that move forward. Uh, another uh, great one was Tomohiro, Tomohiro Ishii, the MVP of New Japan. Of course, he's going to have a great match coming out uh, coming out the gate versus El Desperado, who is a uh, El Desperado usually. The guy who's who's part of a, a six-man tag or a tag team match, and he's the guy who's going to eat the pin. And they wrestled a fantastic, fantastic match. Um, I would dare say my favorite from uh, from that uh, uh, area, that zone of bracketing, the the Makabe uh, area. It was so good. It was fantastically good. Um, but then again, like I said, Tomohiro Ishii is the MVP of New Japan, especially when it comes to tournaments. Uh, he performs well in every tournament all the time. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, but you can always be guaranteed that Ishii is going to give you a good to outstanding match. And this was a very, very strong match that allowed El, El Desperado to have a good time to shine which doesn't happen very often because of his position within uh, Suzuki-gun. Definitely uh, a recommended match here. Peter Davies left us a super chat, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to lead in with that once I get there. I'll be but I'll be right there. So those were some very 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 cool bean matches. Uh, Makabe versus uh, Yoda Sushi uh, was good. Sushi is a young lion. The young lions are the developmental brand, developmental brand, the developmental school of New Japan. Come out of dojos, and uh, basically these are the the future stars of New Japan that just get put into matches with veterans, and they get the shit beat out of them. But they also get some offense in. It's basically uh, on 
uh, on location training that they're getting. So uh, Suji is one of the prospects, one of the guys who is going to be a star in New Japan. And the way that Makabe wrestled this kid um, has me thinking that Makabe sees something in him because Makabe let him get in a lot of offense. Um, I think Makabe likes him. There's going to be something good to come out of this. This was a good match. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, I can't say the same for Toru Yano versus Jado. That sucked. That was bad. Jado is a guy who's been wrestling for 30 years, and he is hurting. He is in pain. It is a when when we were doing we when I, when I say we John Anthony and I when we were doing our bracketeering special on Monday, I said. I hope that this is full of shenanigans so that we don't get to see Jado really wrestle because uh, because uh, because if we see him wrestle too much, it's going to hurt my feelings. It's going it, I'm going to be in pain for him. I don't want to see a guy who can't bump, who can't move, and who's in constant pain. I don't want to see him perform. That's I'm not that's that's sadism and I'm not into that. So they had uh Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo pimp, do a lot of the a lot of the legwork for him, doing a lot of run-ins and hitting hitting suplexes and stuff for Jado. This was bad. Honestly, if it wasn't for the travel bands keeping a Ooh, lot of the gay yeah. gene wrestlers away, the, the international wrestlers like Jay White and Will Ospreay and the Gorillas of Destiny and El Fantasmo and so on and so forth. Uh, Jado probably wouldn't have been in this match. Probably. But that was uh, that was not good. That was that was not good. And I love I love Yano. Not even Yano shenanigans could pull this one off. <clears throat> then on uh, on the second night on July 17, yesterday, basically. Oh my God, um, we had, which is so, we had a couple of good matches. Um, Yuya versus Kanemaru uh, was was good. I liked it. Uh, Gabriel Kidd versus Ta- Taiji Shimori. Again, fine. But we got Yuji Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki. Um, I'm going to go back to Peter Davies' super chat. Thank you, Peter. He says, Suzuki versus Nagata. My gosh, I gasped, laughed with just amazement and just was like clapping from my couch. LOL, it was awesome. I don't know how else you can describe it as than that. These guys I, wanted to end each other in the ring. Uh, they, they just completely wanted to destroy each other. Ooh, yeah. It baffled me. How strong and physical a match this was. And these are two guys that are 50. They're in their 50s. And they just went completely strong style. You know, these are two guys who come from the strong style world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the style where a lot of people are like, wow, these, these guys are really working stiff. This was more than stiff. This was stiff plus plus. Open hand slaps across the face. And Nagata just took a hell of a beating. But so did Suzuki. But Suzuki always revels in the beatings. Nagata was in pain. 
It was a physical, brutal, slap-happy match. Two big guys who aren't afraid to dish it out, but are even less afraid to take it, just going at each other. Match of the tournament so far. This is the bar right here. It was so good. This is not only recommended viewing, this is go out of your way to watch. If you're not into New Japan, this is one of the this is one of the many facets of New Japan. You'll get the high flyers, you'll get the Dragon Lees and the Takahashis and the Ospreys, but then you'll get these two guys, these two old timers, these two dudes who have nothing left to prove, and all they want to do is beat the shit out of each other. For your amusement. It was good. It was so, so good. But you know what wasn't so good? Okada versus Gato. And it's not that it was a bad match, but and 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 I'm gonna. This is what I contend because a lot of people like to say New Japan main events are too long. They're 30, 35 minutes. These people don't know how to. You know, they don't know how to wrestle a a shorter match. <clears throat> and then the marks go crazy, and the marks go, "Oh, it's a long match. It's a great match," kind of thing. And I don't want to get on that, but. My main criticism with this match is that it was too long. It was the main event, and it was too long. It was 15 minutes, which is not very long, typically, for a man for a New Japan main event. The main reason I had a problem with it going so long is because Kazuchika Okada was fighting Gato, his former manager, a part-time wrestler. He's the booker of the company, but in kayfabe, you know, he's a he's a member of the Bullet Club. He's a glorified valet, honestly, is what he is. And he's in this match with Okada. Sure, he has history with Okada because he betrayed Okada. I get all of that. But Okada is a five-time IWGP heavyweight champion. He is the guy who holds the longest reign as IWGP heavyweight champion. He is your tippy-top star of your company, regardless of how you look at it. He's the... He's the guy. He is the guy, no matter who's on top. Okada is the man. He is recognized as one of the greatest wrestlers out there today. He is a guy who we are currently seeing. We're seeing his legend uh, uh, create and form and develop before our very eyes. We're very fortunate to be seeing such a legendary wrestler in our generation. There's no way he goes 15 minutes with goddamn Gato. You know what I mean? This should have been done. This shouldn't have gone past the seven-minute mark. That was absurd. This is just me, of course. And of course, I have I have people out on Twitter then who, who say, but Warren, the history in canon, it works, it makes sense. As if I don't understand New Japan booking or New Japan wrestling. And it's okay, ultimately, if it lasted 15 minutes. I'm telling you, as a watcher, it went too long. I don't see how Kazuchika Okada should hang 15 minutes with goddamn Gato. I don't. I really don't. If he has if he has any other match with any other wrestler that lasts about 15 minutes, I'm going to come back to this one and say, well, that wrestler is as good as Gato. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. Jesus. <coughs> I'm choking on water. <coughs> So the New Japan Cup comes back <coughs> next week or in a couple of days, actually, on the 22nd. Uh, you're going to want to watch out for the next um, to, for the next zone, the 
Hiroshi Tanahashi's own. My God, this is the one to watch. You've got Tanahashi, Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr., Taguchi, Sanada, Shingo, Show. It's all in that one. We're all getting that in one evening. That's insane. And then after that, you get the you get the one that Yoshihashi's in. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad New Japan is back. It's good stuff. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Says thoughts on the little vignette they aired during night one for a potential debut slash return. Kawado, he says. I'm personally hoping it's Speedball Mike Bailey. Eh, man, it could be so many so many things. Um, it could be a surprise entrant. If, uh, look, it could be so many things at this point. Speedball Mike Bailey, huh? What has he been? What has he been up to? Let me just check this out real quick. You have me. Yeah, I'm interested. What has he been up to recently? Because he hasn't. Uh, is he still wrestling? Oh yeah. Okay. He's still. He's still active. That'd be pretty cool, and it'd fit his gimmick with what we saw. You know. Hey, Mike Bailey, another good, another good old boy from Canada, from Quebec. One of the one of the good old boys. Trey Lucas left a super chat. Says hi, Warren. Hi, Trey. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat. I want to say hello to Acer Five Thousand, and we're gonna close up the wrestling, the weekly wrestling inspection. On that note. <sighs> God damn, it's hot in here. <laughs> oh boy hey I'm gonna wrap this uh this up I'm gonna talk about one one non-wrestling match related thing before we uh we hit on off uh, we hit the, that that old dusty trail um the so WWE had another uh had another uh covid uh 19 had someone had had someone test positive for the coronavirus there we go warren do words um and so so that person of course has been taken out of the uh, of the performance center and uh sent sent home and then all of a sudden it's like oh we're we're going we're going to test people because of course WWE hadn't been testing people they had been doing the uh they had been doing the uh the temperature checks they said they were enforcing social distancing but we've seen multiple pictures on every superstar's instagram where clearly it's not you're not enforcing social dis- distancing when you're having the street profits dance amongst the audience and no one has any masks on their face and well, there's a lot of stuff that was reported. At first, it was it was reported that WWE was asking talent and people at the PC not to wear masks. That was proven to be false. They said uh, no one's wearing masks, but we're involved. Where we're enforcing social distancing. That's false. They had friends and family come in at the last tapings. And a lot of wrestlers hadn't been aware of that. A lot of personnel weren't 
weren't aware that certain friends and family were being uh, invited into the PC and they could wear masks or not. That was up to them. So, they have someone test positive. And send them home. And then suddenly it's an emergency batch of tests. Got to make sure everyone is suddenly okay to keep moving on. That that situation pushed back the, the SmackDown tapings that they were supposed to do uh, yesterday. Uh, they were supposed to tape SmackDown and NXT. Uh, they were supposed to, uh, to tape NXT on Tuesday, but that's when everything happened. So they postponed that. NXT went live, taped NXT. You know, WWE does $10 million a week on rights fees alone. You're going to tell me they can't, they, they can't, they can't pay to have their talent tested, but like properly tested? Even if it's the emergency, those emergency kits, not the full swab up the uh, swab up the nose thing. You know, there are emergency kits that exist. They're not super precise, but at least they'll give you an idea, right? You can't tell me that WWE couldn't like pull out just a bit of just a bit of scratch to make sure that their Ooh, talent yeah. is safe and everyone is uh, is following a protocol. You can't tell me that they that they wouldn't require staff and talent to be. Um, to be uh, that they don't require they shouldn't require their talent to wear masks you don't think talent should be wearing masks anyway and it's not even a question of whether they can they they think they'll catch it or not that that's your own stupid decision if you don't wear a mask if you could wear a mask just out of common courtesy for other people because you could be a carrier without knowing it or you could or you could have it regardless and the symptoms are about to break out and you, you're transmitting it and you don't know. There could be so many situations where you're putting vulnerable people at risk. It's not necessarily just, oh, well, my friends are tough. You know, you do, anyone who could have a respiratory problem, anyone who's over 60, there are so many factors, so many goddamn factors that equate into the idea, the basic, fundamental, human ideal of just looking out for each other, just making sure that no one gets sick unnecessarily. They had Ric Flair, 71-year-old Ric Flair, who two years ago or 18 months ago was this close to dying in hospital. He's, he's, not, he's not 35 years old. He's not... Wheeling and dealing, jet flying, kiss stealing Ric Flair anymore. He's an old man running around the performance center. He didn't have his mask when he hit the ring and 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 low blowed Christian. None of that. And then they have people from the outside come in that they didn't test, didn't care if they were tested either. Don't have a fever, come on in. Look at what's happening in the state of Florida today. Did you guys check out the news? Biggest spike of reported cases today in Florida. I get it. We are all 
fucking bored of being indoors. I get it. But my boredom isn't a reason to go put myself or others at risk. And WWE needs to get out of their bubble. They really do. They live within their own cosmos where nothing from the outside really touches them. Where it's like, uh, we can ignore the world outside. Hey, we're giving you a distraction from all the bad stuff happening outside in the world, but the bad stuff in the world is still happening and needs to be addressed. Look at what happens the night where you have your tag team champions, Biggie and Kofi Kingston, take a knee in the ring. Look at what the conversation is dominated with. A guy throwing a gallon of piss on another dude. And WWE barely acknowledges the protest, the BLM movement. Vince McMahon, it, it's typical Vince, where he's like, the outside world, I don't care what happens in the outside world because I have a WWE universe to take care of. It's insulting, and it's insulting Ooh, yeah. to the talent. Now, I want to make something very clear, super, super clear. I, you can, you can dislike an organization without hating the people who work for them. I have respect for 99% of the talent that works for WWE. 98. I have tons of respect for them. And they're hard workers. And a lot of the reasons I watch WWE is because I have performers that I, del I take extreme amounts of delight in watching. That they're nowhere else. If I want to see them wrestle, that's where I have to watch them. But I'm able to separate what makes a talent and I'm able to separate talent and corporate. And corporate has no regard for its talent. And I'm not just talking about the in-ring talent. I'm talking about the, the writers, the production staff, everyone that's put through this. I don't understand. It, there's an arrogance to it, right? There's an arrogance, which make, almost makes you think that Vince feels that this whole coronavirus thing is a hoax. It, I, it, it really does come off that way. Why don't you have your performance center recruits wearing masks? Are they all really comfortable walking around without a mask on? A lot of them are probably there because they, they just don't want to blow their opportunity with WWE. And I can't blame them for that. WWE is so up its own ass that this is what this is what happens. They don't they don't acknowledge what's happening on the outside world, don't take measures to protect their own people. They think so little of their of their primary resource that they just do any stupid shit like this. Props to Kevin Owens for being like, sayonara, I'm out of here. Props to Roman Reigns for staying at home as well. Sami Zayn, anyone else who does. But I don't blame anyone who decides to go back. I don't blame anyone who decides to stay. I really don't. And WWE should be taking care of those 
who do decide to stay. Make them feel special instead of making them feel that this is this is a position you have to earn. Because let's not forget that that work hard enough attitude and you'll 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 get the position you want, you'll get into, you'll get that opportunity. The brass ring, it's been debunked. It doesn't happen. It's whoever gets themselves over, whoever the company decides will be over, will get over. The organic builds, they're one, they're the exceptions. The Daniel Bryans, the Becky Lynches, those are the exceptions because they will squash anyone who gets over by themselves. They decide who gets over and yet they expect talent to, you gotta want it. Don't care as much, don't care if you want it. As you can want it as much as you want. But it's ultimately one guy who is going to decide if you get over or not. So the least you could do, WWE, is install proper protocols, test your talent, take care of them. Because they are putting their health at risk. Got some super chats. That'll cool me down. <laughs> Anakin, Anakin JMT, thank you very much. Says WWE sells superstars masks, super to superstar masks on their site. Perfect low-key way to advertise them, since most people probably don't realize they can be bought. No reason to not have people wear them. That is hot garbage. I agree. I pointed it out on Twitter th this week. You're absolutely right, Anakin. They have they're selling the masks. They have their, they have the, the, the PC trainees wear WWE merch regardless. They have, they, I don't remember who had a, 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 a Humberto Carrillo t-shirt this week. I did, who in the right mind wears a Humberto Carrillo t-shirt? Well, that's because someone from PR said, here, you got to wear this. Have them wear the goddamn mask. You're making, you're using your audience's shills anyway to, to, to sell your shit. Evan Wright leaves a super chat. He says, oh, but Warren, AEW. And he gives a sarcastic, yeah, yeah, I know. Because it's two things. It's two different things. And AEW is not perfect either. And I'm not talking about AEW. And if AEW shit the bed on it, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with it. Equal opportunity criticisms. That's how it goes. But AEW does test. And you see wrestlers, performers, uh, refs with masks. That's fine. You can see that there are things being installed to make things to 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 ensure a certain level of safety. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're still exposing themselves in very very different ways. But at least they're testing their talent. And Anakin left another super chat says, "Warren, let's just all move to New Zealand. Hey, they got their first cases. They're not safe anymore over there on their on their island with their with their their hobbits." Warren pronouncing Humberto Carrillo like Denise. Hey, I always, I pronounce, I when I have to pronounce Humberto Carrillo, I will always put in the little Spanish twist. Otherwise, he's my boy Dale Gas. <laughs> there you go. So there you have it, folks. We are going to wrap it up for tonight for the for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I want to thank everyone for coming out. Remember, if you want to. Come chat some more wrestling. Head on over to patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And uh, the uh, Warren is off the clock. Post stream is going to start in just a few minutes. 
Remember, if you liked what you saw, give us a thumbs up right here. Um, give us a thumbs up on the video here or show us some love over on your podcast application. And hey, if you're watching this on YouTube right now and you made it to this far, go into the comments section. Not not in the not in the chat, in the comments section and type out Goldberg sucks. And that way people will know that you made it to the very end of the episode. I want to thank everyone once again for joining me. Uh, for coming and coming over into the chat, you guys were fantastic. It was a lot of fun tonight, folks, and it's going to be a lot more fun in the upcoming weeks. We got a lot of stuff coming. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs>